Come on in, guys, because it's time for another episode of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. Thanks for tuning in. In this uh, this podcast, what we do is we normally rewatch, recap, and react to old seasons one episode at a time of Survivor, but you've caught us in the middle of a special mini-series where we are going through another CBS reality uh, juggernaut titled Kid Nation from our the year of our Lord, 2007. Uh, our Your friend and mine, Adam, will be hosting this mini-series. So uh, this is episode three of uh, what's going to be four or five. So if you're uh, just... Four. Four. Yeah, I think, I think we're doing four. It's our penultimate episode. If you're just here for the Survivor content, you know, uh, maybe, maybe you'll find a new love in Kid Nation. Unfortunately, there's only one series or one season to go back on, so... <laughs> this is where it starts and ends. Um, without further ado, Adam, please take us away on our Kid Nation journey. Uh, thank you, Alex. So, like Alex said, we are recapping Kid Nation, which was a 2007 CBS disaster. We get to recap it from the comfort of 2020, though. That joke is courtesy of Emily Nelson. I was singing a song and it fit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the show consists of a group of 48 to 15 year olds trying to rebuild society in an old west ghost town known as Bonanza, which is actually a TV set in New Mexico. Uh, there are showdowns with ridiculous prizes and a gold star worth its weight in gold. Twenty thousand dollars. Literally. <laughs> Uh, today we are talking about episodes 8, 9, and 10, titled Starved for Entertainment, Not Even Close to Fair, and Let Me Talk. We're going to see a talent show to alleviate boredom and the nastiest bubblegum paint-by-letter ever, a change-up in the districts that leads to basically no one being happy and a bunch of kids haul rocks, and uh, a re-election of the town council with a pie-based competition that tells us a lot about Blaine's intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> uh to introduce our co-host we have a question for you so emily welcome to the pod thank you for having me now with you we're going to perform at the bonanza city talent show what would be your talent obviously i would sing i uh have been singing for a long time and i would have pulled a laurel she didn't sing at the talent show she was too nervous but then out of nowhere during the town council meeting the town hall they're like, um, did you want to sing? And she was like, I guess so. And Don't make sang, me sing. That would be me. <laughs> Don't make me sing. <laughs> <laughs> she was a really good singer, too, she actually. Was. She was very, very talented. Uh, friend of the pod, we got Scott over here. Scott, what would be your talent at the Bonanza City Talent Show? So I am not a very talented person. Um, but as we established off off camera, I was say off camera, but before we started recording, what is, I don't know what the term would be for that. Um, <laughs> I'm really good at stretching. So I guess I would stretch. <laughs> Everyone would be so glad. I know. I bet there are some kids um, at Bonanza. So exactly at this point, you know, you've been roughing it out in New Mexico, you know, it, a good stretch might be, might be good. So I could definitely assist and, instructing how to do that so that's me <laughs> uh we also got alex you heard at the top of the show alex what would be your talent in the bonanza city talent show um i would get like two or three of my friends and i would say that we would um work together on a, a mashup of a series of popular songs 
um, and then perform them, perform them for the audience. Feels oddly familiar, Alex. <laughs> Would you take band photos out in the middle of nowhere first? <laughs> Alex and I did that in college with Ben. Cute. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we we would definitely have to take band photos for the cover of the album, uh, preferably in a, a state park in New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I'm just going to move on from this. this. This is such a weird deep cut joke. <laughs> but we think it's funny. But we think it's funny, you're right. <laughs> Uh, and uh, last but certainly not least, we got Jen. Jen, what would be your Bonanza City Talent Show talent? Yeah, so I've, as I've had more time to think about this, um, it really depends on what age you I you know I arrived at Bonanza, um, depending on my answer. But um, I would say I would be the one actually facilitating the entire talent show. I would be the one making sure they got on stage on time. You'd be the Markel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I would not perform at all because I have no talents. Either that or if it was the younger... talent in and of itself. The younger version of me um, before I was tainted by, um, by a terrible um, performance at a church, I would have played my flute. <laughs> I don't know the story about the terrible church per- flute performance. <laughs> I was 10. This can be deleted later. <laughs> no, this is staying in. <laughs> I was 10 and had just learned um, three songs on my flute, which um, all of you could probably name them. It was like hot cross buns. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, two others that are like similar stature. Yeah. Yeah. Buns. Like they're just the same three notes and different. Uh, is the other one three blind mice? No. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, somebody thought that it was a good idea um, to let me think that I should perform this at church's special music. <laughs> like in the church service? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> you played Hot Cross Buds for communion music? <laughs> oh, man. Love I don't it. think I've Love ever it. told anyone. <laughs> I've definitely never heard this. Well, like, did it not go well? What happened? I mean, I think I realized as soon as I set up that I shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> like, I remember having this immense regret before even playing. Oh, no. And then I felt, like, too far in. Because <laughs> it was in the bulletin. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was found out to be a sham because all I played was hot cross. <laughs> <laughs> I have actual nightmares that are really similar to this. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, Jen, thank you for sharing. So, was it a flute or a recorder? No, it was, it was a flute. Right? It was a flute. Yeah. Okay. That is amazing. Wow. I bet you nailed it, though. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'm actually crying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I that's amazing. That is just my favorite thing ever. (laughs) So from that, I should really full circle that. So from that moment on, I've just really gone into a facilitator role. Right. (laughs) To to help prevent other kids from experiencing similar things. Yes. 
Yeah, maybe you shouldn't play the flute, <laughs> Timmy. <laughs> no, that's okay. Just go sit back down. It's very Batman-esque of you, really, if you yeah. think about it. Uh, okay, I have no idea what my talent would be. Um, yeah, what's in, uh In... In my cam days, it was primarily picking a uh, popular pop song of the time, such as uh, Call Me Maybe and lip syncing to it. So, oh, Lord. Um, I don't know how you do that in Bonanza. Uh, but hey, let's dive in. Do we, Let's just start with, I mean, this is a wild couple of episodes. We were talking about it before uh, we got on mic uh, with the pod. That would be the proper term for it, Scott. Um, <laughs> we can't... Uh, the last the, the last episode where we talked about all this, we went through. Uh, oh, shoot. Now I'm losing my mind. Is it four or five, six and seven? Um, and there are these moments in it where you kind of forget how awful this is. I mean, it's a bunch of children, eight to 15 years old in the middle of nowhere with seemingly no adult supervision, though we are assured that there is adult supervision. Uh, and we have these moments of really interesting television, actually, like they kind of suck you in before you remember what's happening. Uh, in my opinion, eight, nine and ten are just three episodes of why is this still happening? Mm. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Do we have any highlights, lowlights of this episode? What are our standout favorite moments? What are our standout least favorite moments from these episodes? Emily, do you want to take a stab at that? Wow. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, I think, like you said, we're kind of seeing things unravel a bit and particularly so in the most recent episode, the 10th episode that we saw, they had the, um, town council was flipped. Like everybody was new after the election. Um, and you just saw a lot of near, if not total bullying around that like before that time and after i'm assuming the kids are probably getting restless i don't know what else is at play i can imagine a lot of things um but yeah like especially with anjay mm. he was voted off of the council but before then his um what are they called his town his district yeah his district was just being horrible to him like they were all just ganging up on him and just like insulting him and it that just kind of sucked to see and i think we're seeing more of that and that just feels very bad yeah, I, yeah so let's let's talk about the election actually because i think this is probably the craziest th this is the most like inciting event that sort of happens over these three episodes in my opinion um so the town if you're just joining us this is a really weird episode to drop in on this mini series but uh the town is divided into four districts the green blue red and yellow district and there is a town council member from each district that decides who the gold star goes to. Uh, they decide what prizes to take if they win the showdown. Uh, they assign jobs uh, in their class system that they've established that was thrust upon them. For them. Um, <laughs> but uh, we've had the, the, the town council members were selected by the producers in episode one. Uh, a later episode, I don't know which one it is off the top of my head. Um, five yeah five uh there is a town council election that takes place over the course of a day pretty much uh it's announced at a town hall and then a day goes by there are speeches and then at the next town hall uh they vote 
on who should be the new council members. And this is the this is, again, another vote, but this happens really quickly, all within the same town hall. So they get they say, we're going to take a vote. Who wants to be on the council? Four kids raise their hand. They are all given a chance to make a speech and then all the kids vote right there. Over the course of probably about an hour. Uh, Michael on the Green District defeats Laurel. Six to three. Uh, Greg defeats Anjay. Seven to two. DK wins by default for the Red District because Guyland steps down. And Blaine defeats Zach of five to four. That's a whole other thing. But uh, pretty much... I mean, unanimously, it's not even like pretty much the entire council gets replaced by uh, four of the oldest kids in Bonanza. Um, I guess, Alex, what were your thoughts when this happened? Uh, did we feel good about the selection? <laughs> Do we feel like Bonanza was moving in a good direction or did you see the bullying as an issue like Emily? Yeah, the like election was really disappointing to me because in the uh, few episodes ago when they had that first re-election, I found that to be one of, if not the most like compelling parts of the series so far. Mm -hmm. And so when they talked about like another re-election, I was interested um, and excited for that. But yeah, the way it like carries out is a lot, yeah, with a lot less fanfare than it did before. Um, It felt like, yeah, all the kids were just kind of like, sick of the existing power structure, even if they weren't actually upset with the people, it's just like, you know, the symbol for their (laughs) dis, I don't know, disdain or whatever. And yeah, like as it was happening, you know, yeah, I think that episode, like Blaine got a really good edit. Um, and it made you feel like, okay, Blaine, good dude, you know, uh, this might be good for him. And he really did like rise to the challenge. It seemed like, um, but then, yeah, like as as soon as Greg raised his hand too, it was kind of like, a, oh, this is probably going to be bad um, if this continues, if he if he does get elected. And of course he did. So, yeah, it was like it, it's like tough to watch when you see the kids like just being, yeah, like bullied, you know, like ragged on um, is lame, pretty lame. Uh, this is and I, I you bring up a, a you touched on a really interesting point I think because the episode where the election actually happens episode 10 um, it happens at the beginning of episode 10 and episode 9 is where it gets teased mm-hmm. and episode 9 is where uh, all the districts well not all the districts where three of the districts get kind of mixed up they trade a couple players the green team doesn't change anybody and the whole point is to make it more fair. Uh, they've lost one show. And no, 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 let's see. Bananas, they've lost one, two, three, four. Four. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm reading the wrong thing. They've lost one showdown at this point, uh, two showdowns at this point, which means that they haven't gotten any rewards from these showdowns. So there is this moment of like, uh, are we in it for the district? Are we in it for uh the town and a couple people change hands blaine gets split up from greg who they're best friends and that's really problematic for greg he has a hard time dealing with it and it's all of this anxiety and tension of like well the green team didn't change that's not fair and my friend left and that's not fair and we don't want this person on our district so that's not fair uh all of that comes and then jonathan is like hey we're going to elect a new official right here. Yeah. It's unsurprising that everything changed. I guess like Scott, how did, what was it like watching this episode for you? 
Nine and the ten. election episode. Yeah, I mean both because I mean it's really hard to talk about like the actual election right. without talking about episode nine, the run up to it. So, right, yeah, I kind of echo what everybody else said. Like, I was feel I felt so bad for um, Anjay when they were just bullying him. Like, I was like, this guy cannot catch a break. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, leading up to that, like the election. Um, at first, I'm like, it started out like not horrible, at least for me, because I'm like, at this, to this point, we've seen DK shown in kind of a positive light, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've seen Michael have his moments. So I was like, okay, I can see this a little bit. But yeah, then once Blaine and Greg got elected, I was like, oh no, this is not going to end end well. Um, even though leading up to that, yeah, we did see Blaine get the positive kind of spin because. Um, you know, he obviously got shipped to the other team. Um, so, I mean, I thought that he handled that way better than Greg did. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like overall, I just kind of felt like, you know, like in the Dark Knight Rises when like Bane takes over <laughs> and like the city descends into madness. That's kind of what I felt like watching. <laughs> yeah. Let the games begin. Let the games um, that's kind of what. That's the vibe I got watching um, the last couple episodes here overall. And I don't know if you can tell me how accurate I am, but that's kind of, that's my thought. So <laughs> in this metaphor, Scott, who's Batman? Is it, uh, is it Laurel? Well, I think it, it has to be Sophia, right? Because we've established that Jen's mm. Batman and Jen is most like Sophia in the show. Thank you. <laughs> You're Batman. Yeah, yeah, because she's preventing other kids from facing a similar invader. Oh, I missed that part. She's overcoming. Um, I guess yeah, Jen. Let's let's give you a chance to chime in on all this. Uh, I mean, we've talked about a lot of different things within this. Uh, if if there's something you feel like you want to add to it, we I, I would love for you to add to it. But if not, if you have another highlight or low light that you'd like to talk about next, that's fine too. Yeah, I think what everything that's been said is how I feel. I think another, I don't know, low light, all of it's pretty low, Um, (laughs) but it's interesting to watch this also during COVID-19 pandemic, Mm. especially the gum situation. Oh man. Yeah. (laughs) Like I just, this is how coronavirus started. (laughs) It was the gum challenge. Yeah. Like I just was watching this specific challenge and was like, what would my feelings have been without the coronavirus right now happening? It still would be discussed for sure. It would still be why did somebody sit down and say, what do kids like to do? Mm, Paint by number. Let's make it weirder. (laughs) Gum, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, so, so let's 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 talk about this uh, challenge, a showdown, a little bit, because I, I think of the three showdowns, this is the. I, I mean, it's, I think it's the grossest one that we've experienced, barring the pork and beans one. Yeah, um, that's a tight race, man. And it's a tight race. Yeah, I'll agree. So uh, in this showdown, uh, the council members are standing in front of a paint by letters board. So there are letters that indicate what color is supposed to go in the sections and when it's all filled in it'll be a colorful something uh the they hand coins to their district who then run to different gumball machines so that way they can get different colors 
via the gumballs. They chew the gumballs up, hand it to their uh, town council member who then sticks it to the uh, the painting. So the town council member is handling everyone's chewed gum, chewing gum themselves, sometimes uh, putting the gum in their mouth, too, to help it stick more. So um, to, to like elaborate on that, they're chewing already chewed gum from one of their teammates yep. in their mouth, chewing it more to make it stick more. That was the really problematic part for me. Yeah. Uh, and this is this was a really funny challenge for me because my biggest issue with it was the braces, actually. Um because there, there are a lot of kids here, oh, who, and I think yes. Laurel actually comments on this directly, is that she has braces and she's not supposed to be chewing gum. It seems like this challenge should have been weeded out pretty quickly. Yeah. But my conflict with this challenge is, we've talked about this before, as someone who has been a program director at a summer camp, this isn't out of the realm of possibility. I would run this challenge. Are you serious? You yeah, monster. I would. <laughs> That's disgusting. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a good thing I would run this challenge. Summer <laughs> camps are like um, international waters it's, yeah, <laughs> in a it's lot of ways. Like, it's something where if it happens at summer camp, it's probably like, oh, yeah, man, that was fun. And then you think about it in the outside world, like in reality. And it's like, oh, that was not a good idea. <laughs> Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, I liked the yeah. pie challenge. I thought the pie challenge was cool. I thought the the last element of like, and now use your outside knowledge of when certain communication devices were invented to solve this puzzle was pretty dumb. But I thought the like <laughs> uh, the teamwork aspect of the the first portion of the pie challenge was cool. Yeah. Uh, so the pie challenge. Uh, the other one of the other showdowns that we have in this is a uh, there are pies. On a rack, they get carried to a bucket, which gets hauled up to the top of a platform. Uh, a district member puts the pie onto a, a, two halves of a pie holder, which are being carried by two of other district members on beams, who then have to walk that across this, you know, to, to another platform. Um, and then someone picks up the pie, slides it down a ramp, a council leader uh, cleans out the pie tin and unveils a communication device and they have to put it in historical order for when they were invented. Um, this, I, I agree, Alex, I really like this challenge. I thought it was really fun. It involved a lot of good elements of like teamwork and having to, to, to run and be uh, uh, agile or balance well or whatever. Um, I, I, I agree. There's always something kind of funky about, using outside knowledge to put things in order. Um, Blaine at one point said the radio comes before the phonograph because it has CDs. That was a thing that was said. Um, <laughs> he also put TV before every other thing. Every other thing. I was reading like, the telegraph. It's not about ranking your favorites. It's about <laughs> the order. Tough, uh, luck, tough luck for my guy, Blaine. Yeah, I, I guess I my, my question to everybody would be, at, at how old have we established that we would all be? Uh, this was 2007, so it was 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. So I would have been 13. Yeah, yeah, well, 13, 14. At 13, 14, how well do you think we would do it organizing the uh, communication devices? 
I mean, that's well, not a I was really into education. reading uh, Sense and Sensibility, True. Air, so I probably have known, known for their I list of historical <laughs> communication devices. I was very into history. <laughs> that's my favorite part of Jane Eyre is when she lists in historical order. The, the, the I would have known that, that they didn't watch invented. TV in Jane Eyre. <laughs> I was going to say something similar of like, yeah, I was really, I read American Girl books like mm. yeah, same. after yeah. school every day. And like, I feel like that's when you're in your prime of like, you literally know my 13 year old self probably knew knows way more than what I know right now. <laughs> pa, <laughs> pa, remind me again what year the phonograph was invented. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Darcy said. <laughs> hilarious. It would have given me something to build off of. I still don't know what a phonograph is. I'm going to be honest. Um, that's the one I thought Blaine said had CDs in it. It's yeah, that's, that's what I, that's what, that's what he was saying. Um, a phonograph is uh, it's 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 like a record player, but you have to crank it and right. Yeah, um, lame. It's like what uh, the the guys on the side of the road, like they had the monkeys with them. The, yeah. the monkeys would crank the things. <laughs> That's a phonograph. Exactly. Like <laughs> How that. old do you think you would have done, Adam? I uh, I don't think I would have done. I think I would have done about as well as Greg did on his first attempt. No, Michael. Was Michael the one who failed on his first attempt? Yeah. I think I would have gotten it wrong the first time and then right the second time. Probably where I'm at. But... I'm also really confident myself, so that could entirely be false. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> while we're talking about that showdown, actually, this is my uh, probably my favorite choice of rewards and not like in a sarcastic way, like pretty much every other reward that comes out. I'm always like, this is a ridiculous two things to give to children. Um you know, a choice between new clothes and laundry or whatever the heck it was, um, or fruits and vegetables and a television or I don't know, but it's just random stuff like that. But then we get to the reward for this particular showdown and it is four ponies, which they can use, uh, as pets or to actually help them work around the, uh, the town and letters from home. And the reason I find this really interesting is because I think there there feels like there's a really obvious choice. And then DK brings up a really good point about uh, the letters from home potentially making kids homesick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, Scott, do you, what, how do you feel about this? Like, did that did that cause you to hesitate at all? Do you think that they made the right choice in the letters from home or? Yeah, Um kind of both um i think obvious like in my book yeah like obviously you got to give kids a letter from home um but also he did make a pretty good point or somebody did they said like we only have 10 more days Mm -hmm. until we're done so like at this point it really like if you know especially like some of the younger kids that maybe like are still a little bit naive they could still be naive you know they could just be in like a rhythm of the camp and what's going on there you know it could maybe I could see it maybe possibly disrupting a little bit. So, I mean, I think he has a point, but also, yeah, like you can't deny a kid hearing from their family. So I think both are right. Does anybody feel like they could have denied the letters from home? No chance. Unless you had one of those like horse girls on the council. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) 
I also I, I called two... the horses. Did I not? Wait, what did you say? I called that it was going to be horses. He did. Oh, yeah. I think my favorite two horses, are Olivia though, and Mallory, who are, who are sisters. Um, and Olivia says something like she I think she starts she's crying. crying yeah. yeah. And she she's she talks about how she's missing home. And Mallory is standing next to her, not crying, saying, I love ponies. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. I loved it. <laughs> um, I guess the only other thing that happened in that showdown is Taylor gets her letter. Did anybody how, how did we feel about this moment? I guess did anybody feel confused by it or I well, feel, did you explain what was happening? Yeah, so 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 the explanation I guess is uh we have a new town council. We have Greg Blaine, DK, and Michael. Uh Taylor is kind of back to her old self. She has lost her uh best friend uh, Randy in the previous episode who decided to go home. Uh, and so Taylor is basically deciding that she doesn't really want to work uh, or at least not do the work that she's being told to do. Um, she uh, they, they threaten that she's not going to get her reward if she doesn't work. And she says, fine, she decides not to work. And uh, so, so the punishment is going to be that she doesn't get her reward, which in this case would be letters from home. Um I guess, like, yeah, did did it to, to me? I, I don't know. I, I to me, that whole situation felt it, it made sense. Like, the, the situation made sense. But Emily looked at me at one point and asked why they kept cutting to Taylor during the handing out of the letters phase. I guess, was this a moment that anybody just in the chaos of everything missed something? Or are you all as oblivious as Emily? Right. <laughs> It was like unclear, I thought, yeah. going into it, like what it was ultimately DK kind of leading that charge, right? Was his yeah. was his final decision, you know, like, okay, you don't get a reward or what? Um, and like what does he mean by that? So yeah, I, I understand the confusion. Like it was less than clear. Um well, we've talked about two of the three showdowns. Uh, in the first showdown, I guess, I don't know if you mentioned this or not, but they, they failed to do the task in the appropriate amount of time. Uh, that was the, the gum one. Um, so they didn't get to choose between paint or a block party. What a bummer to have to go through that horrible challenge and not win the prize at the end. Also, yeah. worst reward so far. <laughs> yeah, they weren't great, but it was bad. Uh, let's talk about the the middle challenge, um, which is uh, in it, it sounds really boring, but I actually think is a fairly interesting challenge. Uh, so this is the rock hauling race, which is why I say it sounds boring. Uh, they the four districts need to haul a total of one ton of rocks in order to get the reward. So the question, uh, but there's no specificity on how much each individual district has to haul. So the question that Jonathan is essentially asking them is, uh, do you want to haul your fair share or more than your fair share of rocks in order to get the reward and potentially have to be the laborers? Or do you want to haul less than your fair share of rocks and get a better shot at being the upper class? I think 
I, I guess like what what are our feelings about this challenge too? I I think yeah, just who 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 has an opinion about the rock hauling challenge? Yeah, this one was like strategically and like sociologically, I guess, like interesting. You know, like this is the classic thing that reality shows will do is, yeah, are you willing to make yourself look like a bad guy for some personal gain? Or are you going to, you know, go the extra mile and like sacrifice a, a personal reward or whatever? Yeah, it was interesting. I think that the execution was probably off in that even the groups that like did haul a bunch didn't even haul enough to like, I don't know, do the like appropriate share if they all hauled the same amount. You know, I think they probably shot yeah. a little mm -hmm. too high for the, the ton target. Yeah. But I liked the this, idea. Yeah. As this, this is actually, this is something that I think, I, I think you've brought up before about how, how do they determine how long to run the challenges essentially? Cause it always seems like it's coming down to the wire. Uh, in this case, the blue team hauled 480 pounds of rocks. The yellow team hauled 460 pounds of rocks. The green team hauled 420 and the red team hauled 485. They needed to average uh, 500 pounds of rocks in order to get to one ton. So even the last place team, even the the, person, the team that hauled the most was 485. They didn't even get to their 500 pound total. Yeah. Feels a little mismatched. Yeah, I think they miscalculated there. Yeah. Uh, they're no prize. Obviously, they don't get to one ton. Like I said, uh, they don't get to choose between beds or a lounge trailer. Popular thing in the 2007s. We all remember the lounge trailer. Hmm. Totally. Totally. Um, I have no idea what this thing was. <laughs> Is that like a she shed? But. A she it was an RV. Just can you imagine being the person who was assigned to that task? Like, hey, put together a lounge. Um, okay, here's a trailer. I pimped it out for children. Uh, good, thanks. Pimp my trailer. We're, We're not using it. Okay. Okay, thanks. Next. This is exhibit. We heard you like ponies, so we put a pony inside your trailer. And also, we heard you like bagel bites. <laughs> this trailer is chock full of bagel bites. This also, it is bite. a bagel bite. <laughs> it would have been the perfect branding opportunity. This is the bagel bites lounge yeah. trailer. <laughs> oh, somebody missed out on a brand deal big time. This trailer is made of bagel bites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Outback. Really missed out. A bloomin' onion. <laughs> a bloomin' onion. <laughs> Nothing kids love more than a grilled pineapple Rita. <laughs> virgin of course says jonathan it's great for all ages hey this is a totally oh. totally off the rails but um i've been working on my jonathan impression you guys want to hear it Yay. <laughs> yes please everybody's favorite camp dad jonathan i've got to i've got to get there hold on because it, it's like it's back of the throat but it's also nasally hmm <laughs> This gold star is worth its weight in gold. Literally. <laughs> it's a little too deep. I know, I need to work on it. It's not there yet, but... It's, it's you pretty good, You have the good, intonation, though. Yeah, you have the intonation everything down. <laughs> um, Guylin, at the end of this challenge, uh, makes a comment that says he, he thinks that everybody was in it for themselves and not for the town. 
which leads to Sophia swearing at him. No one no one gives us a clear idea of what she actually said. It was like one of those comedic bleeped out for a long time. Like, yeah. what did you say? Yeah. Things. Uh, yeah. Uh, the <laughs> This is the thing is the theme for this episode was supposed to be like individualism versus the group. It's do you do what's best for your district or do you do what's best for the town as a whole? That's why they shake up the districts. That's why yeah. uh, the competition is about like choosing how much do you haul. Do you carry your weight or do you not? Um and honestly, it feels like it would have been a really good opportunity for them to talk about bullying just a little bit. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Not a th- um, not a thing in 2007. Yeah. Bullying I is what not. you deserve when you're a dork. That's not actually the stance of this podcast. That's what people <laughs> in 2007 thought. Mm. <laughs> and or uh, I will child. say Sophia <laughs> Sophia goes and apologizes. This is actually something very interesting about the show that I have noticed is just about every time somebody does something really bad, mm. they go and apologize. Yeah. Which I think is the only indication that there is an adult somewhere. <laughs> huh. Yeah, and it's like really quick after the fact too. Yeah. Like they don't wait till like like the complete opposite end of the episode. Like when Greg flies off the handle, it's like the next scene. He does like a 180 without context. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't picked up on that. That's interesting. Yeah. I wonder if like there are producers saying like, okay, you need to go apologize to Guylan now. Mm. Or if like somehow this is a part of the culture of the city is that, you know, everything's okay. As long as you apologize about it afterwards. And, you know, not to beat a dead horse here, but there's no there's no law and there's no uh, uh, what do you call it when you with uphold the law in Bonanza City, there needs to be Bonanza City jail. Well, the problem is the red district sleeps in the jail. (laughs) Kick him out. (laughs) (laughs) And make it, yeah, because like, I mean, you can use the Taylor thing as as an example. You can use this challenge as an example. Like, what are the real consequences for you, like, doing something bad, right? It's like there are none. And like, if you're just loud about it and don't budge, like, you just get to do it. I don't know how this is solved, but like. Yeah, are, are you suggesting that we put 48 to 15 year olds in charge of law and order? If we're building a new society, that's a part of it. I feel like they're the council, maybe not the council, maybe the council uh, appoints a sub council. Mm, a sheriff. Or, yeah, a sheriff no. and a police force. And we give them guns. Give, give no. them a gun. <laughs> I actually have a different point of view here, which is well, that. Would shocker. love to hear that. Would shocker. love to hear it. <laughs> Let's get back to reality here. Is I really genuinely believe that there's probably some coercion in some of the kids, but I think a lot of them come to the realization that they need to apologize on their own. And I think it's just edited poorly. And they edit in a way that it's still relevant to the viewer. Mm. Because I think it probably takes them some time to realize it. 
And but I I mean, we've all been there where we're like in the heat of the moment, we're really upset, we say something we don't mean, you're embarrassed. And then Sophia realized, yeah, I really need to go apologize to him. He's 10. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I'm like a 13 year old cursing at him. Yeah, I, I think that's an entirely reasonable. And I think that's I mean, like the good of the show. It's the only thing I can hold on to, guys. It's like the good of the show is that like <laughs> children are good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think this is an interesting moment to talk about uh, Mike's change of heart. Um, so the red team takes on Nathan because, as Gylan says, they need someone who's smart which I'm just going to tell you right now, if you're uh, looking to be an elected official, don't call the people who vote for you dumb. Just that's my free uh, political advice. Um, uh, they don't want Nathan. Nathan, we've talked about, he, he's won a gold star in a previous episode. I think the last episode we, we talked about him. Um, he's won a gold star, but he's kind of bullied uh by Greg. Greg goes and apologizes at some point. Uh, he gets moved from the blue team to the red team by Guylin, and the red team is horribly mean to him um, because they do not want him. And then we meet Hunter, who I don't know who this person is, but he suddenly is an important character in the show. Um, yeah. Who's hosting uh, church services and uh, really gets to Mike, who goes and apologizes to Nathan. This the, the the cynic in me wants to believe that this was produced. I I also want to hold on to the like Jen's belief that like the kids are genuinely good people and it just takes time to realize it. Uh I guess my question is who do we feel the most sorry for <laughs> in Bonanza at this point? <laughs> Uh, Anjay. Ooh, Anjay. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I'm going to go with Anjay, too. <laughs> it's unrelenting from his blue team. <laughs> yeah. Emily, you got you got someone you feel them? Listen, I just feel bad for everybody. <laughs> I don't think... I'm serious. No, like, I know you Bullies are, are bullying because... They, I don't know, people have reasons for their bullying. I'm not giving that an excuse, but like, I just, I don't imagine these kids are looking back on this being like, yeah, I'm really proud of what I did there. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and it really sucks to have that televised as you're like (laughs) developing and growing as a person. So I just, that sucks. But if you want a straight answer, Anjay's getting a lot of heat and it is very sad to watch. (laughs) Like Olivia is being horrible to him particularly is what they're yeah, showing. I'll, I'll also remind you that um, there, there is an interview yes. uh, from 2020 where uh, that's, Olivia that's says that year. her and Anjay are still friends. It was in March. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Which <laughs> I like, the, I don't know that somehow makes me more upset about the way that Anjay is being portrayed, which yeah, like I don't even know what's happening for real. Yeah, right. I like read that. So I did a deep dive in some yes. um, Kid Nation. Where are they at now? Yes. Yeah. And um, yeah, Olivia like got death 
threats, rape threats. She like specifically said the word rape threats Mm. um, because of being on the show and because of the way they portrayed her towards specifically Anjay. And she just said like, it's a bad edit essentially. Like we're friends now. We're like, we're still friends, which is wild to think about. And then, um, yeah, I just thought like, her and um, Taylor got like the most public like flack and yeah, um, you know, bullying from the rest of the world for being a bully, which is fun. And then um, Anjay, if everybody could please take out your smartphone and Google Anjay from Kid Nation today, what a <laughs> glow up! <laughs> have you have you seen a picture of him? Well, what did Jen say? I couldn't hear. Glow up. It's just like uh, the biggest glow up. Doesn't he work for Microsoft or something? Yeah, I mean, probably. he looks like this is Alex's words. He looks like he could play Aladdin. He looks like the actor that plays Aladdin in the live action Disney movie. He's got that ruggedly handsome with the little goatee and the flowing hair. Yeah, he does. Right. Go on, Jay. Yeah. Go on, Jay. You go on, Jay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Taylor I, is also is... the only person with a Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. From the show. Uh, I think, who is it? DK is one of the only ones that has an, a picture on IMDb. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. This is like... Oh, my God. (laughs) This is for our Survivor viewers. This is a season we haven't watched and probably will almost never get to. But it's a side by side of Jared from Kid Nation and Ryan Ulrich from Heroes, Healers, Hustlers. And it's hilarious because it's the same person. (laughs) Oh, I wish you guys knew who this person was. He played Survivor, (laughs) but it's definitely just Jared here. I'm going to send it. I'm going to send a picture. So yeah, so so this is the part this is the thing about the show that I I I really struggle with is the the seriousness with which we talk about it. I mean, obviously we're we're kind of making fun of the show and talking about how like it shouldn't have happened. Um but there's this problem that we have with like reality TV in general of like what's real, what's not real, and the fact that this aired in 2007 and had extremely real-world consequences because the rise of social media really takes off in this moment. <laughs> right? Yeah, they look very similar. Oh my God. Great I think at one point, the Jared kid threatened to kill somebody. Yeah, I one think of these <laughs> you better watch yourself while you're sleeping or something. Yeah, yeah. He oh, yeah. threatened him with like a sucker. He's a, yeah. He but said, then he immediately uh, said he, he should lock kidding. his his jail his jail cell. This <laughs> is um. Uh, I'm trying to think. I guess I have one more big quote. That I don't know is actually a talking point, but it's just hilarious to me. Uh, 
yeah, I I guess is there is there anything else that we we haven't covered that someone is feeling like we really need to talk about? Really, just need to get. It off I have there. something. Go for it. I have something. I found Olivia's Twitter because um, I searched Anjay, and she has eighty six followers, which is less than me. So I am more relevant than <laughs> Olivia. Um, and that's Emily, Emily told me what Laurel's uh, Twitter bio was. Can you can yeah. you tell tell our it podcast was, audience? I'm pretty. I mean, I am pretty sure this is her. So I apologize if it's not. It's pretty and indis- like discreet, um, but her bio is something along the lines of the best advice my mom ever gave me was know your um, astrology sign on your fake ID. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, Laurel. Oh Which I love. We saw Laurel's um, mom in one of these you. episodes. Uh, what was your favorite act in the talent show? Wait, did oh. Did Scott say his one thing? What? Yeah, it was the Olivia's Twitter followers. Olivia's Twitter. Oh, How he's more relevant. Po- I thought Olivia. there was going to be a tweet. I'm really not. I'm just kidding. But yes, <laughs> I did. Know. I found that, and I felt the need to share. <laughs> <laughs> do we? Do we have a favorite thing that happened at the talent show? My favorite thing that didn't happen at the talent show was when Laurel won the gold star and called her incredibly Boston mom. <laughs> who also knows a lot about astrology signs. Apparently that was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're so Irish. It's like not even funny. <laughs> it's incredible. Laurel even wears a clotter ring. Yeah. I love it. You want a gold star? <laughs> <laughs> they're so great. Well, $20,000. <laughs> Sorry, Laurel. <laughs> I lived in Boston. For yeah, a month. I can do that. <laughs> sure. Uh, Emily, do you remember your um, Boston personas from, I think it was, uh, was it Kagiyan that we did the Boston thing? Yeah, because of Trish. Trish. Where you were Tony and Mock, Pock and Kaz. (laughs) (laughs) You just like to do Boston accents. (laughs) It's fun. I can't do it very well, but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. my favorite thing from the talent show is when Olivia gets up to do her quote unquote stand up comedy routine oh, yeah. and just roast the whole town. They loved it. They did love I, it. It was great. It was a hit. It was well done. They weren't like punchlines, though. I mean, no. <laughs> yeah. You tell a 10 year old do stand up comedy. I'm sure that's what you get nine times out of 10. But it's just like and then Greg and Blaine. Boy, they're pretty dumb. Huh? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I mean, it was better than what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be the standard 10-year-old telling every joke they know, which is just about chickens. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been thematic for Bonanza City. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. And for Emily. (laughs) Little chicken Emily. Oh, yeah. She would have loved that. Um. So the, the things that they show us from the talent show, uh, there, there are a couple people who play piano. Greg and Blaine do something. Uh, Jared does a Shakespeare monologue. Kennedy dances. And uh, this is my question. It, it, this is what I hope. There was a girl, like a little black girl, who sings a song that I couldn't find. I Googled <laughs> every line of those lyrics, put them all together, could not find this song. But yet it sounded familiar, right? It sounded really familiar. Yeah. 
I don't know what it was either. Yeah. Did she just put her own words to the tune of a familiar song? It, That's what I it, would lyrically. Do. It was wonderful. She did a wonderful job. So, I mean, if, if she wrote that, then I mean, she should be producing music this today. For sure. Um, I think the last quote I really have to talk about before we jump to the gold stars uh, is a quote from Sophia after uh, we, we, we talked about this off mic, but a quote from Sophia after Greg won the election. She said, I feel like someone won the presidential election with no background check, <laughs> which, man, if that didn't feel relevant in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia. We're here. It's us, Outwatch Podcast, and we're here from the future. Listen. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. Just give it nine years. Just, just wait. <laughs> I, I'm really invested in the idea now of us, like, forming some sort of podcast time machine and traveling back in time to deliver a message to the, the children of Bonanza City. <laughs> We're here from the future. 2020. If we're going to give it to a group of people, I don't think the children from Bonanza City are our best bet. Listen, they can Wait. save us. Wait, we wrote the book. <laughs> what? <laughs> we are the pioneers. We are we're the, the pioneers. <laughs> That's us. <laughs> I bet if you called Netflix, they'd give you money to make that TV show. <laughs> Kid Nation, the prequel sequel. Um, I lied. I have one more thing. We haven't talked about when DK, Blaine, and Greg. Uh, well, no. Okay, let's talk about the communication game. In uh, episode ten, uh, the new town council decides that the biggest issue that we're having with uh, 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 the with Bonanza is that people don't respect each other and people interject and talk when other people are talking in order to fix that. They're going to bring everyone into the saloon one at a time. People are going to go up, introduce themselves, say where they're from and what they're going to do when they get back home and, uh, or, or something like that. And if anyone talks, uh, that's not the person at the front of the stage, they start all over again. Is this the worst idea anyone's ever had? Um, no, but it's not a good one. <laughs> yeah, I second that. <laughs> I was thinking this not has definitely been there. done in one of their school classrooms. So that's where they got the idea. So mm -hmm. it's original, you know, classroom form was probably the worst idea. Yeah, Blaine uh, said he did it at his school. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which I, you know, I think we've learned a lot about Blaine and the school that he attends. <laughs> uh, afterwards, uh, Blaine and Greg overhear the green team bashing them, saying how stupid it was, how they are very immature and disrespectful, and that they should sit in the middle of the street and compliment people all day. And in response, DK, Blaine, and Greg sit in the middle of the street and... Cat call. Yes, that's exactly the word I was going to use. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, in response to this, which leads to a pretty big fight. Uh, I, I don't know that we have much to say on this. I think that kind of speaks for itself. 
I, this was the worst part for me. Like this was the moment that like, as a producer, I, I can't imagine sitting there going like, yeah, 10 more days, three more episodes. We got this. <laughs> Yeah, that was really bad to watch. <laughs> I do have like a couple questions. Just a couple? Just two. Go for it. One, do you think that there's a... I was thinking about this while I was watching it. Is there a better way in the same, I don't know, like game form, group setting to execute that better? The like... Not the catcalling, the <laughs> communication, <laughs> listening game. Let me tell you, there are much better ways to catcall. <laughs> and cut. <laughs> the communication game. That's a lie. There's no way. There's not a good way to catcall. <laughs> like, I'm sure when he was sitting in his classroom, it was done well. Potentially, or people maybe enjoyed it. Like, has anyone experienced... Like, could this have been done better or is it just overall a terrible idea? Well, my guess is that when he had this done before in class, his class was in like deep trouble. Like they probably were acting up to the point where the teacher was like, you're mm -hmm. done. Mm. I don't know if they've gotten to that point in Bonanza, but even if they have, I think that as a new council, yeah, that's not the way to come in right. and try and get people to respect you. Right. I think they could have done something as simple as addressing the issue and saying, like, we just approaching it more positively, like we really want people to be heard and doing like one of those dumb things where if you're holding the talking stick, you get to talk. Like, you know what I mean? See, I, I think that like conceptually, the whole idea of everyone has a chance to speak and no one is allowed to interrupt or we start over. I don't think that like that is the flawed part. The yeah. flawed part is what they had to say. Because I think if you give everyone a chance to speak and say, we want you to come up, tell us your name and say one thing you love about Bonanza and one thing you want to change about Bonanza. Mm. That gives people an incentive That's to true. to one, yeah. be excited like this moment of like everyone is listening to me. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm going to tell them what I think needs to be changed and everyone is going to listen. Yeah, I like that a lot better. I, mm. I So I, I think that like the issue is what is being communicated. It's not... It's not what actually it's not the system. It's just that. Yeah, because what they're saying at this point doesn't really matter. It's it's literally just a punishment that the council yeah. is inflicting upon. Yeah, them. which is not helpful. Uh, speaking of punishment, maybe this would have gone better if there were some real forms of punishment like oh Bonanza jail. So <laughs> if you speak up, you have to go to jail for a little bit. Yeah. Or maybe the stocks. Yeah. Now I think this goes a lot better. <laughs> Listen, if I didn't want to work or something, I'd be like, put me in jail. <laughs> I need to take a nap. <laughs> Taylor would just live in the jail and yeah, love that's it. True. That's true. <laughs> She'd be fine. Your sentence is up. No, it's not. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> just punches them and goes back in. <laughs> okay, my second question that I've been feeling a lot on these last three episodes is, have I missed it or... Are they playing for something? Like, is it is it still just a better bonanza? Or like at this point, I <laughs> that's a so be out. Like, yeah. there's no like one million dollars like survivor or any recognition of winning anything. Like, it's just 
wh- why? Yeah, like how what how does this show end? Is it just so like in, okay. in the final episode, four people are going to win fifty thousand dollars? Whoa! Um, on top of their twenty that they already won. Yes, if, if you won, won a, gold, a star? gold star, you can still win the fifty thousand dollars. Shoot! Um, Did they know this? I assume they do. I can't imagine. Like we watch game shows. The Circle, I think, is a really good example of this. If you haven't seen The Circle on Netflix, I highly recommend it. It's a wonderful game show. France is uh, perfect. Um, But uh, there are moments in it where the people playing the game, something will happen, a twist will take place, and everyone will be like, oh, I didn't know that that was a thing. Like people are getting like after someone gets voted off, they get to visit one person. Uh, and I I seriously doubt that that's the case. I can't imagine that you would legally be allowed to sign a waiver and not know exactly what you're getting into. Yeah. So I, I am sure that somewhere along the way they were told you have a shot at fifty thousand dollars and every episode you could win twenty thousand hmm. dollars. Yeah. Whether they actually remember that or not, I, I don't know. Um they're they're kids. I'm sure you could convince them that like, hey, like prove to the adults that like you can do this. And that's a good enough incentive. Mm-hmm. It's also, you know, quote unquote life, like the ability to live with enough water and things like that, that they're doing. I want like I'm just imagining at this point, I don't know how. Like you compellingly end the show. I'm just starting to think about this now. Like, you know, Survivor is the example, right? It ends in the crescendo of the final tribal and somebody wins the game. And this it's like, okay, your 40 days are up. Get back on a bus and leave. It's like four of you getting 50,000. Right. And it's like, okay, (laughs) that's it. Yeah. I imagine they'll have like the big reveal of the fifty thousand dollar winners, and then also a lot of tearful goodbyes. Yeah, mm. yeah, like a yearbook and signing of sorts. Yeah. Do you think they do a live show? Ooh, a live reunion. <laughs> and then, like Jonathan takes the takes the like vote with the fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And he rides off into the actual desert and then pops up in New York City. Yeah. Hmm. And then he gets on the subway in New York. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's uh, let's talk about town halls. Let's go through that as we kind of wrap everything up. Uh, During episode eight's town hall, uh, no one goes home. Savannah almost does. Not that this means anything to anyone. Uh, Kennedy wins a gold star who does a uh, a pretty wacky dance and a rap. Just so wacky. <laughs> so wacky. Um, <laughs> she also gets credited with actually keeping Savannah in <laughs> Bonanza. Who's this uh, ridiculous statement? <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Devad thinks that she should have won. She nominates herself every episode and... Uh, is sort of being built up as a villain. And then around episode nine, we never see her again. That's true. I don't, I don't get it. That's true. Um, I think she comes back in a, in the next set of episodes, but we, we don't see her again in this set. I hope she gets the 50. <laughs> just to like award her perseverance. I can tell you she doesn't. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, 
She used fried potatoes all day. <laughs> she she does have perseverance. She does. Uh, episode nine. Um, we see Randy, age twelve, uh, exit Bonanza. She is Taylor's best friend and really is the reason why Taylor kind of goes downhill. And in my opinion, uh, not addressed very well by the council. They think that she's just being lazy when really she's probably just sad. (laughs) And that's not a great thing. She's like 10 years old. Uh, Blaine gets the 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 gold star beats out Hunter, who I said this earlier. This is the first time we meet him. We're 27 days into the show and like. Episode nine, we meet Hunter and suddenly he's just in the show. He's a main character. Uh, That's also when we get the re-elections happening. Uh, Blaine was actually the only person who said he approved of the council. I mean, they gave him $20,000. I would approve of them as well. Uh, But he also runs against them. The next episode, there's the election completing that town council. Uh, and then the last town hall that we watched, uh, there are a lot of people upset at Greg, uh, who, I mean, call him out for being in, in uh, 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 sorry, disrespectful, uh, mean, bunch of other things. Uh, when Greg actually says, uh, finally, Greg says, if everyone raise your hand, if you want me to go home. If 50% of the people here want me to go home, I will go home. And everyone's favorite camp dad, Jonathan, steps in, calms Greg down, I guess. And then Greg is uh, says he'll agree to change because he heard some things that were right and some things that were wrong. <laughs> and Laurel wins the gold star. <laughs> I love this town council, this town hall. (laughs) It's my favorite one. It's so dumb. (laughs) Nothing of value happens in it except Laurel wins a gold star. A value? That star is worth its weight in gold! Literally. 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 (laughs) Literally. This gold star is worth its weight in gold. Uh... So that was pretty good, Alistair. Do we feel like the town halls do anything of value anymore? <laughs> they that's, award that's someone. That's an example of a loaded question. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they award someone with twenty thousand dollars. They do. You're right. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. <laughs> there's literally they're literally twenty thousand dollars worth of value in them, I guess. Uh. So, final thoughts. We've been at this for about an hour now, I guess. Well, well, do, does anybody have any final thoughts about episodes eight, nine, and ten of Kid Nation? I, I have one. Um, so Laurel got really upset at one point when she finally realized that she wasn't able to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just kept yelling at her like but laurel you finally have your chance at the gold star right right <laughs> this exactly is, every time there's an election emily looks at me and says why does anyone want to be a council member you yes. just get like thrown under the bus and you don't get a chance to win twenty thousand dollars i don't get it yeah, I'm yeah just it's like it's like everything that's bad about being a politician with none of the benefit of you know yeah. lobbyists so right I just 
I don't know. I hope Andre can have a redeeming moment. Yeah. So do I. <laughs> Dang. Okay. <laughs> Uh, um, any last things? I, I was going to say, too, it's interesting, like, how some of the, the people that end up on the council are, like, uh, the people that we would, going into that, identify as some of, like, the the better folks there. You know, like, DK had a really positive edit. So did Michael, specifically. And, like, once they get on the council, like, I think Michael still is portrayed well. But DK kind of becomes, like, a a bully, too. You know, it's interesting, like the way that people's perception changes once they get in that role. Um, and yeah, like the way that other people, it seems like in the town, see them too. Someone at some point when, when Greg is yelling back and forth with the town, I, I don't know who it is, but someone leans over to Greg and says like, these are the people you work for. That was DK. It was DK. Yeah. Okay. So that, that makes that even more confusing to me. But I, I think that's the thing is there's this feeling of like the town council are the leaders when in reality, they're just trying to like not make people mad. Yeah. It's, yeah they definitely come in pretty hot with like an, a, a old new, like, all right, we've we've drained the swamp here at Bonanza <laughs> City, and now it's time to shape things up, you know? Yeah. And that's not necessarily received well. Yeah. Scott, any final thoughts? Um, Overall, just we've touched on it. Just kind of like I feel like the show is kind of – gone over that cliff where we're now we're just kind of headed into destruction and madness kind of <laughs> so i'm really intrigued to finish off the last three episodes and see kind of how far we go with this or maybe we'll rally i don't know i'm just i'm here for it <laughs> maybe maybe we'll put out the call for season two <laughs> we won't yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, um, uh, 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 any any kid nation stars come on out watch yeah, just come on out watch for those who are purple edited we want to hear your yeah, experience yes. I actually particularly want to hear purple edited people that means that you didn't got basically zero talking time mm-hmm. you were buried <laughs> okay well next week we're going to talk about uh, the last three episodes of Kid Nation we're going to wrap it up uh, last three episodes are titled I just like the recess part which I don't know what that episode is going to be about. Where's Bonanza, dude? Dude, and where's we've my all Bonanza? Decided to go mad. That's the last one. Is we've all decided to go mad. That's the last episode. That's day forty. Yeah. Burn it down. Let's go. <laughs> Burn it down. <laughs> We're giving Bonanza City a Viking funeral. <laughs> I did have this Smash thought. It. Smash it. <laughs> like last episode, I was like. So will the kids be forced to clean up their mess before they go home? Mm. Or is like, are the producers and camera people in charge of doing that? Or is it all just still left there today? It's probably the job of that person who had to pimp out that uh, lounge trailer. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> <their> turn. <laughs> That's a great question. though. I don't know. Is that, is that what the best boy does? I've never, I've never understood what the best boy does on a. Uh... Yeah, pretty much. Okay, he just cleans up. Yeah, makes trailer lounges and cleans up 
40 kids. It's actually just the set dog. (laughs) I was waiting for a dog reward where it's like you get a bunch of puppies. Oh, yeah. That would be so bad. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) No, that's what you said. And then it was ponies. Oh, you're right. You're right. (laughs) And I was like, just. It was close. Yes. Ponies are just large dogs. Basically. No. Uh, All right. One last question for everybody. There are 10 more days, three more episodes. Emily, would you like to leave Bonanza? Honestly, I'm tempted. (laughs) This has been a hot mess. (laughs) I think I would be over it. Uh, Scott, would you like to leave Bonanza? You know, before I got my letter from my family, I would have. But now that I've got it, I'm here for the last episode. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, Jen, would you like to leave Bonanza? Um, Now that I um, know that there's $50,000 and I know that (laughs) I as potentially as Sophia has a chance of winning that, I'm here for it. That's good. Uh, Alex, would you like to leave Bonanza? Um, I like Scott was considering it, but really it was just Kennedy's wacky dance (laughs) uh, that convinced me to stick around. (laughs) Uh, You know I'm in it for the long haul. Next time on Outwatch. What is next time? Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> he kept like poking me. I was like, what? Oh. <laughs>